What an awful month for the media. I mean, they're, they're always abysmal. They're always terrible at their jobs, arrogant, deceptive, incompetent, wrong, all of the above. But this week has been particularly bad because of what we learned about Jesse Smollett. You know, it went from being, yeah, this kind of sounds a little fishy, to it's probably a hoax, to yeah, it's definitely a hoax, to oh, there are even more Jesse hoaxes we didn't even know about. Police Chief Eddie Johnson is confirming the actor also faked the racist letter and sent it to himself. And why did he do this? Because he wanted to boost his profile and his pay. I mean, Jesse, that's a privileged life you live, buddy. The police chief is absolutely right when he says Jesse took advantage of the pain and anger of racism to promote his career and that this stunt potentially puts all of the people whose lives would actually be in danger, possible victims of Chicago gang violence, gun violence, in more danger because resources, they get diverted to this circus freak. When we discovered the actual motive, quite frankly, it, it pissed everybody off, you know, because we have to invest valuable resources. A lot of the, what, what I want you all to really understand is when you all put things out there um, into the universe that's not actual facts, then it causes us to have to chase all that stuff down. Those are resources and time spent that we'll never get back. Yeah, I'd be pissed off too. Welcome to the White House Brief, by the way, with me, your host, John Miller. Today, we have a guy on the program who is a media expert. He's been tracking this stuff for years. Dan Gaynor's coming on from the Media Research Center. It's Brent Bozell's outlet founded to expose the left's propaganda. And yes, that is exactly what it is, propaganda, lies. He says between jumping to conclusions on Jesse Smollett and then, remember, totally botching the Covington Catholic School story, just in one month, the shortest month of the year, the media may just be in the worst state he's ever seen it. Here we had the liberal media and liberal politicians rushing to defend a bogus story from a Hollywood actor who is getting paid millions of dollars, but still he claims he's so oppressed because he's not getting paid enough money. Yeah, so oppressed he had to fake an attack because there's no one to attack him. In America in 2019, there's not a single Trump supporter to attack black actors. Isn't that just a tragedy? This is worse, worse than when Jennifer Lawrence, one of the world's highest paid actresses, if not the highest paid actress, complained about the gender pay gap because guess what? She only made $52 million. I mean, that's so unfair, Jennifer. We really feel for you. I want to see these people go tell a white truck driver their sob stories and see how well that's received. Now, Jesse, of course, this week was arrested for filing a false report. It looks like he paid the two brothers 3,500 bucks to stage an attack, put, put little scratches on his face and then said, oh, look at me, I was attacked. And the media jumped. They said, oh, this is just too difficult for us to report here. How could Trump supporters do such a thing? Turns out it was total BS, total BS. Now, fortunately, with this one, it's actually being exposed because so many of these hoaxes, as you know, they just get brushed under the rug. Not the case with this one, thank goodness. That's today's main story. All right, I am here with Dan Gaynor. He is a vice president at the Media Research Center and studies this stuff closely, has been for years. Dan, thanks for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure, especially for something that's as big a disaster as this is. <laughs> right, because now that the lid has been blown off of this Jesse Small story, the guy's been arrested for filing false charges. I want to get your reaction to how the media jumped on the story before it came out as a total hoax. Take a listen. 
Danny, this is a horrible story. I mean, the circumstances wow. are just horrific. This is America in 2019. I mean, Dan, how do they how do they show up to work tomorrow and do their job when they jumped on it like that? Well, I mean, they show up to work tomorrow and and say they did nothing wrong and they blame the evil right wing people that they would blame if if this had been true or not. Uh, everything about America's current media environment is at play in this story. Fame, you know, Hollywood, politics, race. And the fact that journalism is as biased as you can possibly imagine. Yeah. So when the story first happened, they jumped all over it. So conservatives said, you know, this sounds a lot like all these other hate crimes that turn out to be bogus. No one listened to them. And the media proceeded to dig themselves a hole that they have to now climb out of. You know, uh, but they don't care. It, it's shocking because, you know, it. it, it you have people, and it's kind of a movement, you know, we're told, journalists are told, hey, you have to believe all women. You have the actress Ellen Page going on uh, late night television and saying that, I can't believe the media, she's berating the media for not believing the story and saying that it's possibly untrue. It's not journalists' job to believe anyone. In fact, if anything, it's the opposite. It's their job to be skeptical of stories. Why have we gotten to a place now where journalists believe, think they have to believe victims no matter what? Well, they don't believe victims no matter what. They believe victims if they fall into the appropriate approved victim categories. And in this case, you had three of them. You had a black, gay Hollywood actor. And all three of those are, are categories that the media love to write about and support. So if he, if he had been a white, straight, uh, conservative, uh, not in Hollywood, he doesn't get anywhere near the attention. They, they use this because they use media like a weapon. This was designed to be a story that's more of a club than a news story. And so they went out after it. They tweeted, they wrote, they screamed, they yelled. You reach the point where you can't tell the difference between a Democratic political candidate, the unhinged Ellen Page, and your average journalist, who are you know, numerous people tweeting out about that. You know, Caleb Howe from Media deserves credit because he made a list of, of tweets and comments that is, I think, three dozen long. And it's all horrible. And you mentioned if you were a straight white guy. I mean, we saw what happens when, they, when, when it is a white male. We saw what they did with the Covington Catholic students. And they went after them. And again, they jumped on the story. They jumped on it in the other direction, if you will. But they still jumped to conclusions. I mean, this is a huge problem in the media industry. I want to ask you this, Dan, because you've been doing this for a long time. I say this with reverence. You've been doing it for a lot longer than I have. Is this the worst that you've ever seen it? Um, I would say... Uh, you know, the combination of these two cases is the worst I've ever seen it. Because remember, uh, you know, we're in a short month. We're, we're not even over yet with, with February. And we've had two of the worst media hoaxes in the modern era. And you know, back to back, they learned nothing from the first one to apply to the second one. They, def they reflexively take the side of anyone who lands in one of the approved victim groups. So they took the side of the Native American drummer, even though he shoved the drum in the face of a 16-year-old boy. They take the side of the guy making allegations against the you know, people who attacked him, even though there was no proof, no evidence at all. They, we live in the most videotaped part of the world, practically, and there's no cameras that showed you know, that he'd been attacked. They, the media 
need to be that word that you used just a minute ago, skeptical. They refuse to be. It's incredible. I will say, though, that this latest uh, Jussie story gives me some hope because, you know, it used to be, as you know, that when you had these uh, hate crime hoaxes, what would happen is that the media would jump on, they'd report the whole thing, they'd report everything, wall-to-wall coverage of these hoaxes, and then when it turns out to be a hoax, what they would do is they would quietly brush it under the rug. You know, uh, noose is hung on a teacher's door. Turns out the teacher actually did it herself. They don't report that. The, uh, uh, the Virginia University rape stuff. They, don't, they, you know, they quietly goes away when that turns out to be a hoax. With this story, though, you do see CNN, other major news outlets, talking about how it was a hoax. And I wonder if it's the Hollywood factor. I wonder if it's just, it's just a high-profile case. But does it give you hope that they're actually reporting that it did turn out to be a hoax, that things might actually be getting better for the media? No, it doesn't give me any hope at all. Uh, <laughs> <because> <laughs> the reason why this is turning out this way is he's been charged with crimes. I mean, he's he's been charged with actually legitimate, serious crimes. Uh, and I think the police understand that if this had gone differently, the reason why you had the press conference you did, because this could have led to riots. It might not have just been limited even to Chicago. If we had if he had crafted videos successfully of this event, then you know who knows what would have happened because the media have torqued people up so much. But no, it doesn't give me hope. You pick up the New York Times yesterday and they're complaining about the anti-newspaper animus of the president of the United States. And they talk about Covington and how he, you know, oh, my gosh, he dared to support the, the Covington lawsuit. It said nothing about Smollett in that story. Not one word. It's incredible. Dan, I want to switch topics. Former DOJ spokesperson Sarah Isger Flores, she was in the Trump administration, and now she was just hired by CNN as deputy political editor. And CNN, because of this, was hilariously accused of catering to Republicans. And a former Obama staffer, uh, Tommy Vitor, who I might add founded his own media company, says this, and this is incredible. He says, why on earth would you hire a right-wing hack to oversee political coverage in 2020. You just gave every Democrat in the country a reason to doubt your objectivity. I mean, this is incredible. CNN, they're saying, is now leaning to the right because of their hiring of this one, uh, you know, pretty down the middle of the road uh, Trump staffer. What are, your, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I, you know, look, CNN has a ridiculous problem with bias, and I will give them a, a tiny little, you know, hat tip here for trying to bring somebody in who in the middle of a presidential election might actually understand some of the players, some of the, you know, oh my gosh, you know, someone might have ties and contacts into the right who maybe people would trust because you need that going in with debates and all the campaigns and somebody might understand it. So that makes sense. And of course, the media who treat journalism like it's their own little plaything get upset at any time conservatives dabble in it to the point where, you know, oh, wow, CNN journalists whining off the record, you know, oh, anonymously to the Daily Beast. Oh, we're upset. Oh, poor old babies. You know, there's somebody in the newsroom might disagree with me. Yeah, I, I'm really embarrassed for what journalism has become. It's an embarrassment. And there's completely different rules for people on the right than there are for the left, because as you know, the media is stacked with people uh, uh, you know, for, uh, Democrat operatives. I mean, you have Stephanopoulos, you have Jim Shudo at CNN. I mean, the list goes on. Donna, I mean, talk about bias in the media. Donna Brazile giving the questions to Hillary Clinton. But, uh, you know, that, that, but for CNN to hire this one person, that's outrageous, apparently. Uh, Brent Baker, who uh, 
tally such things here at the Media Research Center, I think had more than 30 journalists going to the Obama administration, and many of them go back into journalism. It's not seen as weird to jump from journalism or, or even far left journalism, the Washington City paper where Jake Tapper and Eric Wimple and others used to work. To jump from far left journalism into mainstream journalism is not seeing weird, but the idea that conservatives might actually dabble in this field is, is always looked at as offensive or dangerous. Oh, you know, this person might be pro-Trump. Well, Trump is anti-press. Well, then how do you fix that problem? Maybe don't be the far left idiots that you have always been. <laughs> It's so true. Well, we thank you guys for following this stuff and keeping track of it because somebody has to. Thank you, Dan. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.